You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Actually, it's the, it's the lead play in our, in our offense. Tell the tackle to take the defensive end if he's open. If he's not, we drive down on the first man who is inside. Pull back, we tell him to take the first man outside the offensive tackle. No one shows. He goes right by them and steals inside. If the YN has the linebacker taken out, he cuts inside. If the YN has the linebacker in, he comes all the way around. If you look at this play, what we're trying to get is a seal here and a seal here and try to run this play in the alley. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. If you'd like to text the show, you can send a message to 865-658-5824. I got my buddies here with me tonight. We're ready to chop it up a bit as the first week of camp wrapped up. We got Jacob from the Packernet Fantasy Podcast, and we've got the podfather himself, Pack Daddy. Fellas, I don't know about you, but I'm I'm very upbeat going into full pads tomorrow. Ryan, you agree? You feel you feeling good about what we just saw? Especially, I know the other day you were talking about Jordan Love. Like, hey, man, I want to see more. I feel like he bounced mm-hmm. back yesterday. Do you agree? Yeah, every, every day got better. First day was bad. Second day was so-so. Third day I thought was was right on the money. So um, I, I, I will say Bears fans have convinced me that the most important thing is throwing into a net. So we got to make sure that we get a lot of really good throws at nets. Uh, I don't think we're doing that enough in practice. That is the most critical thing to a football team is throwing into a net. So we do have to do that a little bit more. But otherwise, yeah, I'm excited. Sarcasm's thick to not, fellas. I'm telling you, it's going to be a good show. It's going to be a good one. Jacob, how you feel about the net? i seen your boy Mr. Magoo nailing that net. I was going to say, we're, we still got net nailers. That sounds weird. but uh, That sounds really bad. Every every time when you guys, when we start this Twitter, I was just she said. <laughs> Oh no! Nope. Yeah, copyright. No, <laughs> uh, I just had this random premonition here. Every time we go live, you guys see me uh, scrambling on my phone. It's because we—I have control of like three Twitter accounts, or I'm sorry, X accounts. So I X, I, I, I X my X. I don't know what that means. Um, I don't need. I try to throw them out as fast as I can, um, but I just noticed today that that's a little bit weird, right? That number one, that we changed the name to X, and that. Like, f- I think four or five grown men have um, access to our Packernet account. So, like, do you, can you guys picture any four to five women sharing a Twitter account or X account? Can you see that happening? I'm just saying. Uh, I don't know where we're going with this, but I'm just, I'm just saying it logistically, it's kind of neat. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, when we started this show, the only thing I was worried about is I've got my dog Nitschke down here. I got to pick Mandy up at the airport here in a couple hours. So he's going to hear this chainsaw that's going on outside on the property. Oh, no. He's going to be barking. But now I'm worried about where Jacob's steering the ship here. I'm, I'm a little <laughs> concerned about that. So. Man. I don't know, man. I don't know. We got Elevated Sean said, Dirty Talk already. I'm here for it. We know you are, you creep. Always. always. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Green in the house. We got Tim in Green Bay says, Nothing but net, baby. <laughs> exactly. I'm afraid to read this one. Jacob, right now, sometimes I'll start a sentence and I don't even know where it's going. I just hope I find it along the way. Exactly correct. Exactly. 
All right, fellas, let's do this. Let's get boring for a second. Um, yes. <laughs> I was kind of listening to Matt LaFleur earlier. That's what I do in my spare time, just listen to a coach talk, and I do this and just try to pick every little thing apart, right? Um, he was actually talking about Jaden Reed, or not Jaden Reed specifically, but he was asked a question about, um, you know, who's going to take the slot snaps, right? And I always crack up how some of the reporters try to – they try to structure a question in a way to get a specific answer. I know our media never does that in this country. I understand that completely. But <laughs> um, it, it was just – it was really strange. I'm going to make sure I got the right one here. I think this is it. Yeah, it looks like it. Um, it's it's like they're trying to trying to paint this picture like, hey, look, you don't have anybody to play slot now, right? Um, and it's it's just silly because if you if you study this offense, what you find out is the receivers need to be able to play all the positions. You know, there was many times we've seen Devontae at the X, we've seen him in the slot, we've seen him in the Z. The same thing happened last year. I couldn't tell you how many times I've seen Cobb playing the Z, and it's like, oh, he's a slot receiver. No. In this Matt LaFleur offense, you need to be able to play all those positions. That's the whole part, Ryan, that you talked about when they first made the hire, is you want everything to to appear complex but still be simple. Um, you know, the best way to do that is, you know, they can't key in on one specific quote-unquote position, right? They're, they, I mean, you may come out, you know, one play and have Christian Watson play in the boundary X. You may come out the next and have him play in a Z. And then, oh, by the way, the next play is in a slot when you got a two-by-two two set, and he's going to be running a reverse, you know, a jet sweep. So keeping things very random is very important to this. But, again, they always try to paint this picture like, ha-ha, you lost your slot receiver. What are you going to do now? Let's hear what uh, hear what Coastal Floor had to say about that, and I want to get your all's opinion. Rotate your receivers through. Um, what is your philosophy on a slot receiver? Like Alan Lazard was uh, your predominantly your guy last year, and he's obviously not the prototype of the position. Jaden Reed kind I of I love did. the stare. Would you like to have some exaggeration here, just a slot receiver, or are you going to continue kind of that – Everybody plays that kind of role. Yeah, I think it's just all, it all comes down to what are you asking them to do? Are you asking them to run choice routes? Are you asking them to, you know, big body, whoever's in the nickel slot? Uh, you know, a lot of it is matchup based, I would say. Like when you had a bigger slot, like, in, uh, like a Lazard, and you got a little nickel, then you feel more comfortable putting him in there, and he can go just with his sheer strength um, and, and win on some routes. Versus, do you have a, a really quick slot? Is the nickel a bigger nickel? Then you, it's all matchup based, and it's all predicated on what are we asking these guys to do? Because there's going to be certain guys that you're not going to ask them to run a choice route, and you know it, it takes a, a certain skill set for that, as well as you know just being able to recognize the coverage and how to win on certain routes. So. I would say that's that's a pretty complex question um, in terms of what's best, and there's there's a lot of different layers to it. Uh, now, coach, you know it's not complex. You're just making it complex. <laughs> it's, we're playing Madden here. Who are you putting in your slot position? Um, you know, the, the big thing that stands out to me is you know, like he said, what are you asking them to do? You know, Jaden Reed. I noticed him running choice routes at Michigan State. That's something I did pick up on. There was times that they were playing eight, ten yards off the ball. Um, he would try to set them up on the boundary, and you could tell he was literally – he was just reading the corner the whole way, right? And that's what a choice route is, guys. Some people call it option routes, choice routes. You're reading the DB, and you're basically going in the opposite direction. If you don't know what I'm talking about, just turn on the Kansas City tape. It's exactly what you see with Travis Kelsey 90% of the time. It's what you've seen with Devontae Adams when he was here. Um, so – with that being said, who are you asking to run choice routes? I think what he means there, Ryan, is like, hey, look, you know, if if Musgrave is lined up, let's say he is lined up in the Z or whatever. Let's say he's out there as a receiver. They may not be putting that on him to run choice routes, right? And and when it comes to choice routes, like some guys aren't, they're they're just not going to do it because they don't they're they don't have the ability to recognize the coverage yet. You know, in the past, people would say, oh, Aaron and the receivers aren't on the same page. It wasn't that, hey, they need time together to build this rapport. I mean, that's important. Don't get me wrong. But what they're saying is the receiver doesn't understand how to read the DB yet within this offense. Now, it doesn't help that Aaron's out there changing the play and doing all the hand signals and all that crazy stuff. But with that being said, Ryan, are you concerned with that at all? You know, when he's talking about having, you know, it being matchup based, you know, he, he even mentioned, are they playing big nickel? You know, what, what does the scouting report say? When you're playing big nickel, how do you attack them playing big nickel, right? Are you concerned about these receivers picking this up and, and more specifically people like Jaden Reed, Luke Musgrave, people like that? 
Well, I mean, for that specific question, yeah. I mean, we got a lot of young guys, and it, it takes a long time to figure stuff out. I mean, you know, it's it's not going to happen in just one off season. But yeah, I mean, getting back to the the bigger part that you're talking about in the beginning, I think we all have too much of a simplistic view of football, or we we try to. I do this too, where it's like, who's your slot? You don't have a guy that's just nobody plays slot 100 percent of the time. Nobody plays slot zero percent of the time. It's almost like we don't even watch the Packer games. Like how many times do we see guys in just random spots? We see the bunches of three guys. We see this. We see that. Motions all over the place. We we used to do this like five maybe more years ago with with free safety and strong safety. We we're constantly trying to pigeonhole one. And then as the NFL evolved, it's like we had to be told for about five years we don't really do that anymore. But nobody listened. Well, who's the strong safety? Who's the free safety? Nobody listens. Right. It, or, or even back when it was, you know, you got your uh, on the right side of the defense, you got your pass rushing edge rusher. And then on the left side, you got your run defending edge rusher. We don't really do that anymore. Right. So it's, it's, it's kind of the same thing here where it's like, you know, is he the slot guy? Is he the guy that's going to be in the slot more so than Christian Watson? Probably. Right. Is he going to be a pure slot? No, he's going to do everything. And he has to just like everybody has to do everything. So, yeah, um, yeah I mean, we, we, we got to stop being overly simplistic with this stuff but as far as the the question you asked yeah I, I think a lot of these guys are are gonna take some time and, and maybe that does lend itself to we want to stick you in in the slot maybe a little bit more just so you have one job and then we'll start to branch out from there um but but overall yeah if, if you're gonna play in this offense you have to learn to do everything yeah and, and that's why there there is that learning curve and it, it, this kind of spills into the defense too Jacob you know we talked about the safeties right? No longer do you have free safety, strong safety, you know, and, and because it, those terms came from, you know, I, I would say that they're, they're kind of irrelevant within the last five years, but it used to be the strong safety played on the strong side of the formation, meaning he was over top of the tight end, right? He was kind of helping in run defense and all that. Now with this quarters, look, you're showing that shell pre-snap, you got the safeties up on the shelf, then it, you really need safeties to be more universal. They need to be these hybrid types, that can play both the run and the pass because you don't know where the rotation is going to come from. That's the whole purpose. Um, what about you, man? You concerned at all? I mean, I'm not concerned. That's not the word. Like Ryan said, I'm just more excited because we've shown that like the modern NFL, we used to think basically in my head, I think the slot means it's Wes Welker because he's short and he's small and he's shifty and he has to be able to move mm -hmm. around. He does motion. He does all that kind of stuff. That's not really how this is going, and it's even not how defenses – because defenses started learning, like, okay, when that dude's on the field, he's the slot. So we're going to be wise to all the weird shiftiness and he's going on. Um, and, like, when you go back to that clip, just thinking that Lazard was our predominant slot, like, I, I don't know. Maybe it's uh, a lot of an upgrade, I would say, to, to a Musgrave. Obviously, he's been maybe struggling at times, but um, – yeah. I'm really am excited to see what, see what, what Reed's going to do because I just think that he's – and, again, like Ryan again said, like I don't think that Musgrave is pigeonholed there. Obviously, Reed's not pigeonholed there, but even guys like Dobbs and, and Watson, they're not. I mean, I don't know what Watson is necessarily. You can't I – don't, I don't think you can call him just a straight-up X because he's that – he's the deep thread. He's the end-around guy, but also Dobbs is more of like the possession guy, I feel like, at the moment. I think he has the most chemistry – but it's I think that we're we can get into it later. I think that this team has a lot of chemistry, a lot of excitement, and nobody has an ego really. They're all kind of matching each other's egos, which is a really cool thing to see. The other yeah. thing I wanted to add real quick about that is you talked about matchup based, and um that's kind of what I've been touching on a little bit on the podcast as far as we have a lot of different guys that can do a lot of different things. You got tools in the toolbox. Every up, every opponent you go up against is a different team that has different strengths and different weaknesses. So you're going to want to attack something. It's not a matter of, you know, we got our weapon over here and our weapon over here and our slot weapon. It's how do we want to attack this team? And the point is we have a tool for everything. We just got a massive toolbox that that can handle just about anything. So, you know, we got the big fast guy, we got the shorter shifty guys, we got the big fast tight end, we got the bigger stronger tight end. The point is we no matter what it is we want to do, we should have a guy that can handle those responsibilities. Absolutely. And you know, to kind of expand on that, <clears throat> you have teams they'll come out, you know, they may come out in a bunch set. One defense, you know, the Seahawks may play defensively, you know, from a schematic standpoint, so they may play the bunch way different than the Bears do, right? Yeah. It, you know, it all varies by the opponent. Same thing with trips, same thing with two by two, a switch concept. As simple as coming out in a bunch and, and the DBs have got to know, okay, if there's a switch concept, meaning at the line of scrimmage, two receivers pass by each other, 
we're going to play it this way. If they don't do a switch concept, we're going to play it the opposite way, right? Those things come into play. So when Matt LaFleur is game planning for an upcoming game, you know, he's looking at their defense and typically they do a four game saturation. They'll go back and say, okay, what was it? In this case with the bears, I guarantee you what they'll do is they'll go back and watch the bears last four games of last season. And they'll watch both matchups with the Packers. And that's why that week one matchups are always. So you never know what's going to happen week one. That's why you get a bunch of upsets is because the, the team that had success, they're leaning on, you know, they're most likely going to lean on what worked for them last year. And then from the underdog standpoint, they're coming in going, all right, we're going to shut that down. So one might hit a roadblock while the other kind of takes yeah. off there in the first half. But it, it all comes down to matchups. It all comes down to scouting and and looking at, you know, how that defense is going to play those specific concepts, uh, formations, personnel, everything. Um, I still, man, I, I get excited thinking about Musgrave taking on, that Lazard role. And what I mean by Lazard role, what they did with Lazard was they almost used him like a tight end, especially on those bunch sets. Bunch X nasty. When they ran bunch X nasty, it was they would put Lazard in a position where he could even he can even start at the Z, then shift to the slot and then crack back inside with a block. Right. I want to see Musgrave kind of play that role because he's got more speed than than Lazard. I'm I'm convinced mm-hmm. of. Um that's that's what I'm really excited about. Knucklehead Paul in the chat says Let's go. Pads, come on tomorrow. Some real football. Much love, bro. Appreciate you dropping through, man. We got Brad in the chat says, I love this channel. <laughs> love the news from the holler. That's a pretty good way of describing it, I believe, man. News <laughs> from the holler. I like it. All right. And then we've got here one more comment. Zane says, Reed is going to be nice. I see the guys making plays any spot on the field. Um, since you brought him up, let's do this. Let's go ahead and share the screen. Let's talk a little Jaden Reed real quick. Um, I believe I've got the right video here. Want to make sure. Nope, that's the wrong one. So give me just a second. We're uh, we're gonna hear from Jaden Reed. I thought this was really cool. Um, kind of how we uh, how we put it together. I, I just put a, a splice video together of him talking after OTAs, and then I've got like four clips of him running routes right um, from uh, from training camp, and then we'll kind of go into uh, Matt Lafleur kind of talking about him a little bit. But here we go. What's it been like working with Romeo and Christian so far? Uh, leaders, you know, I'm just following the lead. You know, those those, those great guys, they, they show the example, they show the standard. You know, I try my best to, to follow that standard, and, you know, that's what it's going to take for us to be great. So, Jaden, same thing as far as the punt returning, being back there with Keyshawn. How much yeah. did you know about him? What have you thought of just working with him? Uh, yeah, I've definitely seen him, like, on his returns and everything, just watching him, you know, on TV and stuff. So, you know, I definitely look up to that. You know, I'm just following by him. You know, he's leading the way, and you know, him and Coach Rich. You know, they're they're coaching us up from that standpoint, and you know, just following the small details, and that's what it's going to take. So, love the double move, Ryan. Love it. Quick feet, good hands. Over to Vondre Campbell. <laughs> this one right here gets you real excited. A little jet sweep for those of you on the box. I think it's more a process where we work toward it, but he's very capable. I think, you know, that, that kind of um, – I don't know what the word is. It, it gets kind of over-exaggerated because I think that within our offense, there's enough flexibility within the formations that you have to know basically every spot because the way we teach is more conceptually based. So, hey, here's a two-by-two two concept. Here's a three-by-one concept. Knowing that I could fit anywhere within that concept now where you see these guys take maybe the next step is okay i know where the f fits within that concept but can i within the same day go play z or x and um that's where it kind of gets a little bit more complex i would say but ultimately they'd have to know the concept and and could be at any of those spots i don't know if that makes any sense to you guys or not but it doesn't so i guarantee you. how many times is he gonna run <laughs> each of those things is it possible he might only run those a couple of times yeah yeah, it's a challenge and i think that's always one of the things that you have to evaluate as a coach is sometimes less is more and 
you know, what's too much. Or we're always going to try to push, push, push and, and, you know, throw a bunch of stuff at these guys. But it's, it's amazing, you know, you going through some of the um, cut-ups from OTAs and you think you may have repped a play a, a bunch of times and you look on there and it's, you repped it three times. So it is challenging. Um, certainly we get a lot more reps, I would say, in the walk-through uh, or jog-through portions, whether it's pre-practice, whether it's, you know, in our evening sessions. Um, but there's, there's still nothing like those, those live full-speed reps. All right. <clears throat> So what he was talking about there, Ryan, I mean, it was almost word for word what you just mentioned, right? Um, you know, the one thing he did say, and this, this might be a good good little teaching point, when he says, I know where the F fits. I know some of you with the dirty mind thought something else, but what he's talking about is the F tied in, all right? And in this Matt LaFleur offense, the F tied in is the, is the tied in with receiver traits, right? The ones that are going to line up predominantly to be a wide receiver, more or less, right? Now, they may – they may go with an F shift and put him back attached to the line where he would technically be the Y, but he refers to that style of tight end as the F tight end. He said, you know where the F fits, right? Now it's just fitting those other pieces in uh, where they're going to be uh, going to be strong, basically. So, um, you know, as far as Jaden Reed, the reason I wanted to point that out, he played everywhere in college. Um, like I said, he ran choice routes. Um, it was it, like I was talking about with the DBs when they played off, you could see the choice routes kind of come alive. I've seen him run bubble screens. I've seen him run smoke screens. Uh, where he, Jacob, you remember the the shot we watched where he caught a smoke screen and broke a linebacker tackle? Like yeah. literally, the linebacker was hanging off of him as he's dragging him down the field. Yep. Ended up breaking. I think. I think he broke six tackles on that play and got eight yards after contact. That's the type of stuff he can do. I'm excited to see him on those jet sweeps. Um, and those training camp uh, camp highlights, you know, that one catch, and I, and I said it there, Ryan, that was over to Vondre Campbell down the seam, dude. Like, they're, they're trying yep. Jaden Reed everywhere. And I understand the pads aren't on. I get it. I, I completely get it. But you can see, man, he's got, he's got the skills to play all over the wide receiver spot. Yeah, no, I I think my favorite thing about Jaden Reed is just how smooth and natural he looks. He really does make it look easy. Some some of the guys, you know, you worry about them when they catch it. They're kind of fumbling a little bit. He's I don't think it was in your little highlight reel, but there was one play that I saw that he just catches it. Your little highlight reel. In your in your little highlight in the high in the highlight reel that had a few clips in it. I'm sorry, it didn't have uh, it didn't have the one that I saw, but it was. Just Why are you the way that you are? <laughs> I'll screw everybody. Um, anyways, he caught the pass away from his body, and it just looks so smooth how he caught it and just got upfield. I mean, everything he does from his route running to the way he catches the ball, he just makes it look easy, and I love that about him. And I, I can't necessarily say that about everybody else, even though I love the other guys that we have. That's one attribute he has that I think more so than everybody yeah, no else. Doubt. Now, I, I know exactly what you're talking about, dude. When he catches the ball, he's not catching with his body. He's snatching it out of the air with his hands. He's making it. And Romeo Dobbs is another one that's doing that. And the fact that he had drops issues last last year, it, it really gets me excited, Jacob, to see him making those hands catches because I think it was after Ryan pointed out on the on the podcast that he was staying after practice, you know, hitting the jugs machine. Um, that it was at that point that I started to notice this dude's got, you know, his hands have gotten way better. But what do you think, Jacob? Yeah, I mean, I'm obviously, like I said, I've, I've been a sucker for the late round guys, so I've still am excited to see what Torre will could do uh, can do. But I really do love when I looked at Jaden Reed. Just the, you know, I'm like I said, I'm not a really a, a film guy, a tape guy, but I watched some of the highlights of him, like grabbing those passes, like the double hitch move there, whatever the curl move with the double one. And then just his pad level and the way that his feet, his footwork seems like really quick. I mean, it's 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 really snappy. And what did we talk about? I think it was A.J. Dillon that gave him the compliment of saying that he was basically he looked like a Randall Cobb in his prime as a rookie at a mini camp. I mean, that's yep. again, that's can't get much more higher praise than that so no i completely agree man i'm excited dude i, I think he's going to be a a factor this year and we've seen it last year you know going into last year it's like okay how much are the rookies actually going to contribute i mean they people forget that christian watson was hurt there early in the year right if it hadn't been for that he probably mm -hmm. would have gotten a ton of playing time like i mean even even more than he did dobbs you've seen plenty of dobbs right as early as the Patriots game is when I really remember Dobbs kind of, wow, they're really going to him. Um, I don't think they're going to hold Jaden Reed back. I want to see Jaden Reed. I love Romeo Dobbs, but I want to see Jaden Reed blow by Romeo Dobbs on the depth chart. I want to see him just pop out because what that means now is Romeo Dobbs happen. is our number three receiver. 
and and Romeo Dobbs is. I, think is, it might. I mean, you put him on a Nickelback <laughs> and it's over. What'd you say, Jacob? No, I just, dude, I I forgot um, to mention it. I think that like, uh, what is it? Is it Jordan loves either his agent or his quarterbacks, personal quarterbacks coach or his personal assistant was also somebody that worked with Romeo Dobbs and he's been coaching Romeo lot, Dobbs, yeah, for yeah, forever since high school. Got a lot of out of season off of campus or facility you know they've got a lot of off season time together and a lot of camaraderie and i feel like you've seen it and it sounds like from not just my perspective but i get i got i gained my perspective from listening to andy herman and, and a lot of the other guys that just seemed like that they're right now clicking almost to the fact where they're wondering like why isn't watson and them clicking as much and if he is that more of i don't want to say he's the x but if he's that more possession receiver the guy that he maybe trusts almost almost like Lazard was for Rogers last year, where it was like he would look at him for no reason in certain situations, other than the fact that he did trust him. He really did. Yeah. But we'll see. I could be wrong. Yeah. I mean, Romeo Dobbs is definitely in the lead right now. That's what I'm saying. I want to see Jaden Reed pass him up. That's I understand. I didn't say I want Romeo Dobbs to take a step back. I want Jaden to just come out and really yeah. pop. I mean, that, that means that wide receiver course. Well, I mean, strong. if, yeah, if you, if you look at it, I mean, day one of training camp, it was all Dobbs. And it's like, where's everybody else? Where was it this last training camp? It was all Jaden Reed. I mean, like, every pass was to Jaden Reed. So I'm not saying he already passed him, but I'm just saying um, he's he's he has emerged, and I don't think yeah. he's going to fall and, and off. And I think, that's, I think that's good for Romeo Dobbs, all the way across the board. Because if, if Jaden yeah. Reed does emerge, and let's say we get two, three weeks into the season, and Jaden Reed is looking like, okay, this is a solid top two receiver on, a, on an NFL football team, then what defenses are going to do is they're going to start to focus on him more. Now, when we come out in 11 personnel, guess who's going to be freed up? They're, you're you're going to have them trying to bracket cover Christian Watson. All it's going to take is one shot play to Christian Watson, and defenses will go, okay, he's picking right up where he left off last year, start bracketing him a little bit, they start to key in on Romeo Dobbs or onto Jaden Reed. Watch what happens underneath Romeo Dobbs, especially on those spot plays, those smash concepts. I'm telling you, man, it's going to be there. They, if all it takes is one or two shots to Christian Watson, and watch that underneath curl on that rap concept come alive. Yeah. So it's, uh, I'm telling you, it's. I think we got something, Jaden Reed. Let's go to the phones here. We got Andy in Kansas. Andy, you still stuck in Kansas, man? Oh yeah. <laughs> How you Just doing tonight? What do you talk about? <laughs> Uh, yeah, thanks for <clears throat> bringing in some of the wide receiver, um, you know, details a little bits uh, here and there. Uh, kind of being out where I am, I don't know. I, <clears throat> when you hear the individual pieces of this guy's doing this and that guy's doing that, and it changes from day to day. I mean, you'll get you know the 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 big time uh, Packers social media guys listing player of the day and there's usually three or four of them and they seem to be different guys you know quite a bit so i don't know what to make of it exactly right now only because we don't know what's really we don't know the the uh the final you know dish that's that's getting you know put put together or um if you remember the old massive packs of uh, crayola crayons like the 96 pack right you know what's your favorite color well my answer is it depends on what i'm drawing you know, so each little thing that that we're doing, it's I'm kind of reserving, just kind of waiting to see how things try to come together. Instead, I've been really kind of thinking more along the lines of of Goody, who you don't hear about these next few weeks. You're going to hear a lot of, of Matt Lafleur. I know Goody kind of started things with the shareholders meeting and, and and whatnot. I think he was involved in that, if I remember correctly. But you know, there's Goody the scout, and then there's Goody the GM, and just kind of seeing how things are coming together in the offseason. I've been thinking along a lot along those lines as far as is this move being made almost like a, I don't want to say split personality, but is when does Goody the scout tell Goody the GM which decisions to kind of make along the way in trying to make this whole team? I know that seems like a really big and vague type of concept, but in the end, like, that's the team we're going to have. It's the team that Goody is going to keep, you know? Yeah. So he's kind of behind the scenes at this point in time. As I said, it's hard to track from day to day exactly where things are, are going, but just take the wide receivers and the tight ends, for example. I mean, you could easily do this with the O-line or the D-line, but just in the last few, you know, a few months, the changes that are being made, it seems like, it seems like Goody, the scout is giving 
a lot of the the say so to Goody the GM versus the last couple of years with the run it back concept. That to me is much more Goody the GM saying, "Look, I'm going to make these decisions, and I'm not too worried about the scouting aspect. We got to hold this team thing together to see if we can get out of this." And well, they went as far as it went, and now it's a matter of, all right, how do we kind of, you know, move forward? And you can tell it's young guys, lots of draft picks, trying different things at at positions like safety, which are completely unknown. So I've been thinking a lot about that. Yeah. No, I mean, <clears throat> when it comes to Goody and how he builds a roster, in my opinion, it's uh, it, it's Ted, it's. It's definitely cut from the same cloth as Ted Thompson. I love how people say Goody does things different. I mean, look at the free agency sign. Ted Thompson signed free agents too. Like, you know, people forget Charles Woodson. People forget Ryan Pickett. People forget even, heck, even Brandon Chiller, people like that, that that played a role in building that roster and getting to the Super Bowl. Um, yeah, I don't, I, I mean, to me, they're in a good spot, Ryan. This wide receiver room, man, I smile every time I look at the salary cap situation in the wide receiver room. Because I'm looking across yeah. the, the rest of the league like, dang, dude. And first of all, you said Crayola. We didn't have Crayolas in the trailer park, bro. We had those fake ones from the dollar store where they would tear the paper before they would mark on the paper. I promise you that. But I don't anyway, think I ever had more. I don't think I ever had more than 16. I just know some kids had the big one with it just. <laughs> you were looking across. <laughs> yeah. Andy had yeah. sharpener in the box. Oh, man, that was a good one. Absolutely. What is what cyan? Is what yeah. is that? Well, we'll kind of expand <laughs> upon that, Andy. We appreciate you calling in, buddy. Thank you so much. Yep. yep. How are we going? All right. See you. All right, that was Andy still stuck in Kansas. Uh, what do you think, Ryan, when you look at the receiver room, man, uh, from a contractual salary cap situation? Looks pretty good. Don't you? I mean, even, even if you think these guys pop, it's a little cool. while before we have to pay them, right? Yeah, and 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 it kind of answers itself in in a sense where it's like, okay, well, which direction are we going to go? Are we going to go with the the veterans because we want to kind of stay with with guys that are more experienced, or do we want to give the young guys snaps? We don't have an option. We got nothing but young guys anywhere. So um, that kind of makes things a little bit easier. And um, kind of uh, stupid thing. Sorry, I'm good. For apparently, my my computer thinks that I'm not. Even though I'm doing a live stream, if I don't actually do anything, my computer starts to shut down. So I got to quick move my mouse and change my audio and everything. What's going on out here? Well, you need to get that straightened up. Thank you. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. I just got to sit here and start <laughs> typing stuff. Um, no, but I mean, it's, it's, this year is, is pretty straightforward as far as like who's going to play, who's not. I mean, there's always going to be roster battles, the, the back of the running back you know, situation or whatever, but we're going to have a young team. They're all going to be getting experience. I mean, you know, Devontae Wyatt, is he going to get more opportunities? He has to. Right. They don't have a choice. Or not. So 
I'm excited about it. There's going to be some bumps and bruises. You know, I mean, we get excited and we're going to see the mistakes and it's going to make right. us angry. But at the end of the day, it's going to be good, man. We're going to get a lot of these guys out there. And um, the, the, the real key is next year, two years from now, the potential of this young unit is is really, really high. And that's what yeah, we're building definitely. for. Zane in the chat said, I heard Isaiah McDuffie be, uh, be making plays at practice already. I'm really high on the guy. Yep. I've heard the same thing, man. Andy Herman was saying he was there, one of the players of the day. And I'll tell you another linebacker that's uh, that everybody's been kind of talking about. I know, Jacob, you had mentioned um, hearing uh, Quay Walker speak, right, um, after practice. Um, what's, what, what's your – What's your thoughts on Quay Walker, where he's at right now? I mean, I'm sure he mentioned last year, didn't he, in the, in the mental mistakes, right? Well, no, he didn't mention it with the reporters. They're definitely going to bring it up and Surely not. throw <laughs> salt in that wound. But, uh, you know, like me and Tim are always big, big fans of Quay, and I can't listen to an interview with him and not just think that this is a guy that has went through – specifically when you, you can go on the Green Bay Packers YouTube and they've got – I think it's like a three-and-a-half-minute clip, and he he's very honest and upfront. Somebody asked right away there, what do you think about the ejections and how that affected you as a person? And he said, man – I'm at the point now where I have to just I've I've accepted it. I've let it go. And here, I think this is what he said. This is what he said exactly. Quaid on on his ejections. He said, it's hard to give myself grace on that, which I thought was like, you know, he doesn't necessarily go into any sort of religious aspect after that. But what he does say is that the past is the past. I have to move forward. And I understand that those are just words right now and that my actions are going to dictate whether or not what I just said really means anything. Um, and just the fact that he said it's hard to give myself grace on that. And then he went in farther to talk about how he's talking to, I believe the Packers give them like an, um, like a team psychologist, I think is maybe who a guy he referenced. He said, Dr. Somebody, I don't know. You can maybe fact check me on that, but in any sense, he's a Fauci. (laughs) No, sir. No, well, uh, no, but he did reference the fact that he's talking to somebody and that he's doing some self meditation and that he's understanding that he cannot be that type of hothead player and that he's also realized that now he's going to be labeled that type of hothead player to the point where another reporter goes, well, okay, if you've been labeled that way, are you ready exactly for what teams are going to try to do to put a quarter in you to get you to start freaking out? And he goes, hundred percent. We've actually had specific talks about that. He said, I know exactly what I need to do. I need to be again, self-meditating, talking to people. And then he also kind of dived in. He's like, I had a lot of stuff going on in my life personally, he didn't quite say it that way, but he said, I I've learned how to deal with things in my life that bubble up to a point where I basically explode kind of just, again, I'm paraphrasing. I really, that's what I gathered. <laughs> same thing. Um, but then the thing that I thought was just kind of, um, you can tell the guy's a very humble man. He's a very gracious man. And the, the last person that asked him a question was Larry McCarron. And he responds to him, Mr. Larry. And I just thought that was so amazing. Yeah. Like, it just shows that he's a, he's a, he's a kid. He's a yeah. young kid yeah. who has, you know, the body of just an absolute animal <laughs> freak of nature. And he's just like those guys at that young of age. It's like giving them a hot rod, a Ferrari, just being like, here you go, man, run your. They have to learn how to, to handle that sort of just absolute the testosterone and the emotions flowing through that dude's body. And being a young man that's thrust and giving here, here's a, here's a bunch of money, here's millions of dollars. Now go ahead and be a good person. It's like, no, nah, dude, that's not how the human body works and human emotions work. So I, no. everything I hear from him, I completely just think that he is somebody that's taken all of those lumps and is going to move forward and actually not just be a mouthpiece. He's not just going to say I learned from it. He's actually living it day by day, and I think his teammates are starting to see it too. So. Yeah. Like I said, man, he won me over. When I seen him going down that tunnel last year, I was just like, man, I felt so bad for him. You I know? want emotion, you know? It was just, I was, because when I was that yeah. age, I was a moron. And I'm yeah. still a moron. I'm a man. I'm 40. <laughs> <laughs> Which is actually a true story. I am 40. That's funny. Um, all right. Let's go to Tim in Green Bay real quick. <laughs> I think we got Tim on the line. Tim, can you hear us, buddy? Yeah, man. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, I don't know why the world you waste your time talking to us, knuckleheads. We're just out here acting stupid on a Sunday night. But what's going on up there in the Bay, man? Look, man, I said I wasn't going to call in on on your DM. I was just going to uh, say, uh, just like a minute that. ago, and Surprise. and I heard you talking about my boy Quay, so I had to call in. <laughs> now I had a feeling about all of this. I'm assuming that uh, Jacob and you guys are talking about the uh, Rob Domofsky article, and. Um, Man, I said that like a couple weeks ago, man. I think this guy has matured a lot in the offseason. And you can see it 
and now we hear it and i'm just excited man because i have a feeling that uh Quay might be another future defensive player of the year candidate in the near future and uh maybe ryan will disagree with me a little bit on how near that is but uh i believe it's incoming and uh i think if he keeps his head man like we're going to be talking about this guy like the rest of the league talks about Micah Parsons. So, I mean, I'm excited, man. It, it, this just affirms everything that I was suspecting for like the last like two months. Yeah. No, I, I, I think he, you know, when I heard Michael Lombardi say, Ryan, Michael Lombardi put him on the red chip list. And I, I don't know if you can see the screen or not, uh, Tim, I'm sure you can. I got that picture pulled up of you and Quay out there outside of practice, which is an awesome job, man. Really cool stuff. Um, but, Michael Lombardi, Ryan, he said, you know, Quay Walker's a red chip. He basically got red chips and blue chips. Red chips are kind of that that second tier blue chips or, you know, that upper echelon. Dude, he's got all the tools. He's got all the tools in the bag. It's just putting it together. And, I, and I'm telling you, man, he was always around the ball. I, I understand why he had a low PFF grade personally. When I watched the tape, I seen him miss tackles. I seen him, you know, get, you know, a little bit uh, out of his gap in the run fit, things like that. But, man, you could see the athleticism and the ability to, to play football, dude. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think for some people, you just, you just can't see it. You know, you, you watch them play and there's just there's nothing there. With Quay, you see it. You just need to see it more yeah, consistently. No doubt. No doubt about it. Go ahead, Tim. 100% agree with uh, you guys. I think maybe last year it was a little bit of, you know, he's got that Georgia Bulldog heart in him and, um, you know, we talked about him being explosive at the tackle point and, and finishing plays, but it's like maybe he was trying to do too much last year and he got a little too in his head. And, you know, there's a lot of pressure as a, as a rookie in this league. There's there's pressure for veterans in this league. So uh, I'm excited for year two with Quay. And uh, just to hear him say those words like, you know, I thought about this all all off season, and yep. I've, I've yep. been dissecting these things. It's like, man, dude, it just confirms my suspicions about this guy that, you know, he's got the heart of a lion and he has the athletic ability. It's like, let's get the mental straight when you're on the field, and it's going to be, <laughs> it's going to be amazing this year. I, I have a feeling in this defense, I think Quay can be a star. Yeah, I agree, man. Uh, Jeff in the chat says Quay Walker gets those run fits down. And look out, he'll be a complete inside linebacker. Dude, the, the pass coverage is already there. I, I couldn't tell you how many times last year. I know it sounds right. silly, but I looked up and went, I wonder if he could play safety, man. I remember Sean Taylor. Like, he kind of <laughs> looks like a Sean Taylor, you know? Yeah, right. But well, we'll see one how thing, Derwin yeah, James. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, right? Um, but, again, it's just – it's cool, man, to, to see him be able to learn under Devon. I'm telling you right now, guys, put it – mark it down. Put it in your little black book. I'm – Devondre Campbell is going to have a great year. I know it. I can I can just tell you right now, he is going to come back. He's going to get back to that that all pro form. I think you're going to see him grade out uh, in the upper 70s at the minimum, probably in the 80s. He's going to be one of the best inside linebackers. Yet. Find to find out that he was playing hurt all year and still pick sixes and and still you know playing at a high level. In my opinion, he's still one of the highest graded players on defense. You know, we get him and uh. Him back up to his normal uh, normal level of play, and then of course Rashawn Gary back healthy. Man, this is sky's the limit, dude. I'm getting excited over Lucas Van Ness. Love how humble he is. Um, when the pads come on, dude, I want to see that big boy popping. Man, that's what I can't wait. Yeah. To Can see. I say one more thing about Walker? Quick, yeah. I'm not, Just the last yeah. thing is, again, we all ranted and raved. Why don't we ever see our our rookies play and actually have playing time? Well, we threw him in literally and basically said, "Here, you're a starter." And we saw what happens. He was a great coverage linebacker, like almost shockingly good. And he had a pretty much expected bumps and bruises with a lot of immature slips here and there. Guess what? That's what a rookie does. So when you look at the steps he's taking into uh, year two and acknowledging out loud that like this is I know what I need to work on. This is what I know I'm good at. And the fact that, again, he has a mentor and somebody that's a guy like DePondre, who, again, if he's not hurt, I know that's always a caveat if he's not hurt, but we've seen what he can do when he's not hurt. He's, he's a freak. Yep. Best linebacker and football freak. So Absolutely. What were you going to say, I, Ryan? I was just going to say I need to see Lucas Van Ness and pads because all we've seen for the last couple months is him looking a little bit too much like a pretty boy. I don't know what's up with that haircut <laughs> and everything else. 
that that pretty boy smile. I don't like it. Um, I need to see him get a few more scars on his face or something. But at the end of the day, if he throws some pads on and takes Deguara and throws him five yards again, I'm happy. So I, I just need to see those kinds of reports. Because with no pads on, all you see is him like flipping his hair. And I'm like, see, I, he ain't going to succeed. He's never going to win in the NFL. Cut, he's going he's to flop out. Yeah. No, he's got the he's got the long hair with no. the wave and everything else. No, it's it's yes, he does. He's flipping his hair. Hey, you can see it in the... I'm just saying. I'm just saying. He's got. He's got to. He's got to push people around because I'm. I'm getting really uncomfortable Damn, looking Ryan, at him all the Ryan time. Ryan said he's tired of these pretty boys. He wants some grit back. He. This is what he wants to see. Rogers, who the only place he's going to take you to is the toilet bowl, and then you got Brett Favre who will take you to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I hear you. I'm, I'm just saying we're not going to talk about. It. I'm telling Man, you, I'm not going to talk about response. it. <laughs> Breaks me up every time. Man. Every time he goes, "Yeah, we'll talk about it." <laughs> yeah, the boys of Ted Thompson. Uh, rest in peace, Ted Thompson. Man, I, I swear, an absolute legend here in Green Bay. <laughs> that that is classic, man. I love it. He had to deal with Tim. My God, man. Man, you know it, it's funny because, like. You know, you were talking about Devondre Campbell. It's like, how cool is this? Like, you know, hurt, banged up or not, like just like the absolute game that these young players are going to soak up from him. It's just, you know, he's. it's like we talked about, you know, Mercedes Lewis last year with a lot of the younger guys. It's like this is this is Devondre on, on the defensive end. And um, I just think he leads by example, and it's going to be a great, great year for a lot of these guys just, just playing alongside him. Yeah, I completely agree, man. Completely agree. Tim, buddy, we appreciate you calling in, man. Hey, listen, anytime that link's out there, you jump in here, dude. I know you said you wasn't coming on, but we appreciate you dropping by. Hey, I had to because, like, going off of Ryan's point, like, we got the first real practice tomorrow. That's that's what I had to send to you guys, the first real practice. So I'm locked and loading, guys. Thanks for having me on. All right, buddy. Have a good night, man. We'll see you. All right. All right. Ryan, I seen what you just did there. Is that you? Did you do that down there with the Lucas Van Ness picture? Who is that? I, I did. I don't know why it's not popping up, but tell me I'm lying. You yes. you can see it. No, tell I me I'm lying. I get it. I get it. He he. All right. I can't figure out. I can't figure out if he reminds me of American Psycho or if he's going to balance a checkbook. You know what I mean? Like, he he literally just looks like, I don't know, he kind of looks like a CPA. If you if you cut it off right here, he, lo- he does look like a CPA. He really does. Jeff Machete says, Pack Daddy wants LVN to say, if he dies, he dies. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. I wish we could pull that up on the screen, though. I don't know how to do it. Yeah, I don't know why it's not it, working. Whatever. That's all we got. Maybe uh maybe it's copyright. Yeah. He's got his image. He's so pretty. He's got his image. There he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Can't handle sense. it. Makes sense. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see. Let's go back to the chat here real quick. I did see something up here. Um, Brad says, "What do you think the chances are that Musgrave breaks the season the season long receiving records for the Packers?" Jeez. I know this, <clears throat> Ryan. There's a rookie tied in record that he's poised to to torch. I think if he truly is tied in one, and they're going to flex him out to F. Um, I think I think the rookie tight end catch record in Packers history is like 35. Is that what it was? 35 or 40 catches? Oh, you're talking for team, yeah. yeah. Oh wow. Now as far as as far as you know uh, yards, I I'm not expecting a whole lot that rookie year, but who knows, man? That's the, I guarantee. I, I promise you this: people weren't expecting Kittle to contribute his rookie year, right? They weren't expecting Kelsey to contribute at the level he has, right? Or else they would have been first round picks. So. You never know. That's why I was okay with them trying to take uh, Musgrave in the in the second round there. Because when people said, "Oh, you never want to take a tight end that early," I'm going, "Okay, so if you know if you if you think it's Travis Kelsey, you're not going to spend a second round pick. Of course you are. Like that's that's so silly. So yeah, yeah I, I'm excited about Musgrave, man. As soon as he blows up, I'll have a jersey hanging back here. I promise you that. <laughs> um, we just got to wait and see it, man. We got to wait and see it. Let's see here in the chat. We've got Zane says, I need a better A.J. Dillon this year. Was a little disappointed last year. He's too big to be getting tackled down uh, from the first guy. Uh, need more from him. Did you hear what his wife said to him, Ryan? Did you hear about this? No. This was A.J. Dillon talking about it, and and I, I can't remember who was talking. It might have been Jen from uh, Jen, Gabe, and Chewy, or one of those shows. It, it could have been Cassidy Hill. Um, I just remember a lady talking about being at A.J. Dillon's children's book event 
and he said that his wife sat down with him and pulled up tape from Boston College in his rookie year and said, you see this guy? We need this guy again. We need this guy. I was like, well, yeah, she found yeah. a good woman. <laughs> As my dad would say, born and bred in Green Bay. That's what he always said, born and bred in Kentucky. But, yeah, dude, she's she lifelong Packer fan, her whole family, right, Jacob? Was that you telling me that, that their whole family is oh, Packer oh, fans? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm pretty sure that that's why they kind of took them on the Door County tour to be like, this is, come on now. You want this? Yeah. Now, you can I'll eat everywhere you. for free if you're good. Come on. <laughs> yeah, dude, Door County, I got to get up there, man. It's free. It looks amazing. Have you ever been up there, Ryan? No, make it never been there. to Door County. I'll tell you what we need to do. We need to get us an Airbnb and go up there. Just there you go. Up, take the whole house cool. over and then spend one day up there, then get back into town for, for a game or something. That'd be a cool trip. But anyway, um, when it comes to A.J. Dillon, you know, when when I went back and watched that Lions game, man, it was, it was so tough watching that offensive line block. I don't know if you guys seen the pod I did with, uh, with Mike Wall where we kind of broke down the tape. Mike's not the type to criticize offensive linemen. You know, he's going to kind of he he's going to come from the perspective. Of, Look, I've been in their shoes. That's a hard place to get. That's a hard point. To get. When I heard you mm-hmm. break down the tape on uh on your podcast immediately following that game ending uh or season ending game there against the Lions, Ryan, you you kind of seen the same thing I seen. It was like, how the hell are they supposed to get to these points? They're asking them to do stuff they can't do. Yeah. You know, and one of those plays in particular that I showed where Yash had to sprint over three yards and completely do a one eighty wall off the defensive end, and it's like, this is what I think Rodgers was talking about when he was saying everything's too complex. We need to simplify it. It's like they were asking some of those run some of those run plays. They were asking those offensive linemen to do do stuff that was that was darn near impossible. But back to AJ Dillon, when I watched that tape with the Lions, I'm going, I, I don't know how Aaron Jones is gaining yards right now. I went back after I watched the yeah. tape, Ryan. I was like, let me go back to PFF. I can't remember what they graded on offensive line. Horrible grades across the board, right? Um, what do you think? Yep. Are, are you concerned about AJ Dillon? You think he'll return to uh, that form he had, like his wife was pointing out from his rookie year? Well, yeah, I mean, I I, I think the offensive line is definitely, and it's not even the offensive line is a problem. It's, it's like you said. I mean, that they're being asked to do impossible things, and it just didn't look very good. I do get the point about him not bringing as much power as I know he can, um, and I and I think that's probably legit. The other thing that really annoyed me last year, I think, if anything, with A.J. Dillon was he doesn't trust the offensive line. He bails quick, and maybe that's just because they're not doing a great job. But you'll see sometimes where eventually that'll open up, but he's just like, no, I'm not doing it. He'll go to green grass, and he'll just get hit because there's a linebacker just waiting. You know, you're not going to – it looks green now. It closes way too fast. So, um, yeah, the offensive line's got to do a better job, but he's he's got to trust those guys a little bit. You know, and I think that's why Aaron Jones does such a good job because I'll see him consistently run through right. holes that don't exist because they they just open just in time and he gets through it. Dylan's not messing with that. He's like, nope, it's not there. There's the grass I'm going to run, and he doesn't yeah. go anywhere. So, um, it, you know, a, as a non-coach, if I could give him anything to any pointers which he wouldn't give a crap about, I would just say that that would be the one thing is is you got to trust a little bit, be a little bit more patient with the assigned role of what you're supposed to be doing it before yeah, you bail definitely. on it. Jacob, what do you think, Bob? Yeah, same thing. I think I've heard him not in the recent interviews, but in like some postseason interviews talking about how he needs to get back to having a more aggressive pad level, lower shoulder, aggressive, more yeah. Jerome Bettis type running system. I think that with his size and speed, the only other person that's comparable to him right now in the league is Derrick Henry. Uh, they run the, the, yeah. the same sub 40 and the same uh, weight set parameter. So like, come on, man. You got some big shoes to fill there, but and I, I would argue that he's way better receiver than Derrick Henry, you know. So if he can get to that point where he and again, I think it's unfair because or or fair, whatever however you look at it, he has never really had at Boston College, wasn't he had one of the worst graded offensive lines basically the whole time he was there? Oh, it's horrific. So he is used to just literally he should know okay, how gotta to go him. that way. I've gotta just pound my whole body <laughs> that way for yeah. three yards and then maybe fall forward for another half yard and um and the one thing one uh, to tie it into Cheesehead Murph talked about what do we think Aaron Jones is going to do this year? I think that'll tie in again how AJ Dillon is operating if they are going to take that pressure. I think the whole year is basically based off this: if the defense takes the pressure off Love, and if the running game takes the pressure off Love, then he can pick his reads and really start. I think he can dissect it if the if the defense gives him the chance and if the running backs give him the the opportunities and the offensive line lets him sit in the pocket. I don't see us having any problem this year. 
Yeah, definitely. All right, we got Steve Van Ness in the chat. Said, I love this wide receiver core. I believe Goody is is loving that this now, the team he's building, his guys. Um, yeah, I mean, they're taking multiple swings on wide receivers like they have. You're, you're going to have two or three of those shake out. I'm just telling you. They, they've been too good at drafting wide receivers in the past. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I would be very surprised if we don't look up in two years and go, and this kind of feels like Jordy Nelson, Greg Jennings, and Donald Driver. I mean, I, I really think that we've got that that type of thing cooking. Now they got to go out and do it, obviously. Obviously, Brian in the chat says, uh, "How about looking at third and inches, fourth and inches, goal line plays, both sides of the ball, a special team, um, put the six foot, three hundred and seventy pound big boys in, like Wall." Uh, let's see, Packers can't punch it in for years now, man. It, it is kind of tough, but you know, I know this isn't what you want to hear, Brian because it's not what I want to say, but this, this is what the people around the game of football are saying, is that goal line game has changed. No longer are they just going to smack their head against the wall three times and kick a field goal. They're going to try to pass down there. That's that's what the analytics are showing. That's And it's it's frustrating. It's hard to watch. I mean, you think people would learn their lesson when Russell Wilson gives away the Super Bowl with with beast mode sitting there in the, in the backfield, like, why ain't we running a rock? But um, it's definitely kind of the direct – and maybe it'll come back. Maybe it'll come back around now. You know, who knows? Let's see here. We got Andy in the chat says we need linebackers with fierce control. Uh, Quay's talents are going to shine this year. He probably had more losses in 2022 than all his years at Georgia, man. It's got to be a big hit to the ego, Ryan, when you come from a place where Georgia's just running rough shot over everybody, you know, in college football um, for sure. All right. Let's see here if there's anything else in the chat before we wrap this bear up, man. We're getting to the point, guys. I hate to say it, but. We're getting to the point with the pod and the live stream that we're not going to be able to read every comment. So please don't take offense to it. Um, you know, I, I'd say what we'll probably end up doing is, is having like the super chat feature that so many people use where, uh, you know, we'll, we'll definitely prioritize people that want to kind of, you know, help the show. I've had people reach out and go, Hey man, what's your Venmo? What's this? What's that? We're going to have super chats pretty soon. And that's a good way to, you know, if you want to throw a dollar at the show and get your comment read, but the channel is just growing right now at a rate where it's like, man, it's uh, it's awesome. It's what we wanted. But at the same time, Ryan, it's kind of like as everybody gets older, right, you, you you think back on the high school days and, and your buddies and everything. It's like, man, I'd like to hang out with those guys again. It's, the chat's going to get to the point where we can't keep up, man. I mean, we got 42 watching live right now. Yeah. Some people will read that and go, oh, that ain't nothing. Right. But when you got a third grade education like me and in, in, in Kentucky, then it's hard <laughs> to keep up. All right. I'm just trying to scroll through here and make sure I didn't miss anything. Jacob, any last points? We're at the 54 minute mark. Anything else you want to hit while I kind of comb through the chat here? I do just really quick. Um, I've seen a number of people reference in the chat, <clears throat> by the way, real quick, Stefan from Austria. That's pretty cool that we have, you know, multinational or yeah. Aust- Austria, put another shrimp on the body. Yeah. yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> um, hey, hold up. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't mean to cut you off. Here. I'm going to give it right back to you. Stefan, I need to know, man, what's like the go-to dish in Austria? What's the food? Like you say, okay, this is what we're known for. I got to know, man. Go ahead, Jake. Sorry. So um, just talking about I've seen so many people. And what are you so laughing many... about, Ryan? Because you missed the whole joke, man. You missed it. What was it's the a Dumb joke? and Dumber reference. I he said know. Austria. I said whatever. I don't want to explain it. It's funny. Um. The David Bakhtiari <laughs> interview, he he went on a, a really specific thing where he was talking about, they asked him, a reporter said, um, look, what's the vibe of the team this year? And David Bakhtiari, it's a great interview just because he doesn't care anymore. And you could tell, like, he cares a lot about certain things, but he's so coy with the media because he just, he does not respect the media. And it's so apparent <laughs> and amazing and a great it's it's fun to watch the media goes hey david what's the what's the vibe of the team and he looks at him for like a hard pause three seconds and he just goes and this is verbatim i quote young chill listen to some good music throw some dice laugh and then there was like a five second pause and everybody just went oh and he goes no it's fun though like they're young guys and i'm looking for a way to get to know them blah 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 but like just the whole way he did it and then one reporter who i thought was the best question i've seen in a long time he says what does your support mean to jordan and bach looks at him with a dead stare and he goes i don't know i'll have to ask him and the guy immediately reverts back and he goes okay well what do you hope it means to him which again great rebound question great way to pivot especially when you're talking to a guy that does not give a you know what about this interview and bach finally he lightens up he laughs and he goes well i hope it means something and he goes actually you know what i hope it means a lot 
And then he goes into talking about how they've had conversations, how they've gotten to know each other, how they have kind of each other's back in a different way. And then um, he asks, who are your new boy, best friends on this team? He goes, I don't have best friends. I'm going to freaking idiot like i have friends and people i work with <laughs> like it was it was really honestly great to watch it um to see those two dynamics and it, to me it made me realize like maybe he doesn't care in the way that i thought he should care but he cares in a way where he's still having fun with the game he talked about how he can still make the young kids laugh and how that's his sign that he still resonates with them and once he stops being able to make him laugh then he'll just kind of go float in the corner and be the old man yelling at the yelling at the sky so i loved it thought it was great yeah i like bach man i'm a, I'm a big fan i've caught hell for it but it's okay um yeah. i'm going down with the bach ship here and <laughs> steph stefan in the chat said i need you to read this for me jacob you got the beard to read it read it with some kind of accent here man wiener schnitzel alfin strutzel from arschen snegger's mother yeah arnold schwarzen mother easy easy now easy it's canceled here Jeez, old what is Wiener Schnitzel? I'm trying to think here, man. What is Wiener? You know what that is, Ryan? I don't remember. I don't know. All right, Ryan's done, dude. Here we got the sock. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> He's Bakhtiari mode. He's Bakhtiari mode. <laughs> <laughs> Brad in the chat. That's a good place to end. He said, "Time for cheeseburgers on the grill." Cheers. That sounds like a good place to end it. Um, parting thoughts, Ryan. We're getting ready to put the pads on tomorrow. What time is practice? Do you remember? I don't. I just assume they're all going to be around 10, 11 o'clock, but yeah, I could be yeah. way off. Usually about 10. Well, here we go. Look at this. Your fancy little skin. Nope. To be determined. Never mind. Never <laughs> mind. Yeah, probably 10. I think they did release it, but I, they, that was a separate thing a couple days ago. I don't remember what they said. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, I'm excited to see the pads come on. I think it's going to be uh, going to be a lot of fun. Jacob, anything before we go, bub? No, man. We're just, again, just <laughs> – uh, we're going on pads tomorrow, and then before you know it, we're on family night. And August 11th, I believe, we're playing the Bengals. I mean, it's it's already here. It's full-blown. Um, one thing I will say is we're trying to do more of this fantasy football podcast. But to be honest, guys, it's so – I know we should have content, but it's so pointless because you just see what happened in the last two weeks with contracts, with injuries, with stuff like <laughs> Saquon, with people that are holding out. Josh Jacobs Jim doesn't want to play. I mean, it's just <laughs> – it, it is. It's just almost insulting to your intelligence. We can do mock drafts up and up the wazoo, but nobody should. You shouldn't be doing a real mock draft or any sort of actual drafts right now if you're going to put money on the game. You just got to wait till the last, at least the last week of preseason. I would argue, if if not, maybe a few earlier. If you're doing some really crazy dynasty leagues and that sort of stuff, I understand. But just, I'll, I'll try to get some content. I'll maybe be talking a little more Packers than than anything else. Just doing some training camp updates and that kind of stuff if we can. Mm-hmm. Maybe get Paul to talk about the Vikings and how much they suck. Yeah, but, uh, we can make fun of them. That'd be fun. Yeah, right? always good. Yeah, but the whole Jim Irsay thing, Ryan, that cracked me up, dude. Like, it's like <laughs> his 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 running back asked for a trade. Irsay, how do you feel about that? We're all gonna die. We're all gonna <laughs> die sooner or later. Like, what the hell are you talking? About? <laughs> anyway. Who cares? Nobody yeah. cares anymore. Yeah. Nobody loves me. I just want a flying car. That's usually what he talks about. I want a flying car. I got a fart on. I want a flying car. I'm like that dude oh. needs to get off the marching powder, dude. I'm telling you that. Now. Um, but like I said, pads come on tomorrow. I'm gonna be watching Jordan Jordan Love like a hawk. Um, I'm excited to see uh, to see what he can do. I want to see him ramp up, Ryan. I- I'm glad you said what you said a couple episodes ago, man. When you're like, I need to see something. I was out here doing some work on the property, and I was like. I'm right, Ryan. Tell him, dude. Like, we got to see something <laughs> sooner or later. The gloves are I, off. You're, you're the starting QB. And I don't think he's done anything wrong from a personal standpoint or a leadership. I think he's everything you asked for, right, in a leader. He seems like he he fits the mold perfect. But it's going to come down to him, man. He, if he performs well, we got a shot at the playoffs. Uh, if he comes out and, you know, he's a below-average quarterback, we're going to be saying this. Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about it. Playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. Another game. <laughs> Another game. <laughs> I love it, dude. All right, we're going to get out of here, fellas. Appreciate everybody in the chat. I- I'm not even going to try to read them off, man. You guys brung the freaking thunder. Garrett gets on, and we and now we're signing off, right? Ryan's <laughs> laughing. There's probably some gems in here now right as we get Comment ready. section's right. the only reason why I come here. <laughs> <laughs> love it. All right. 
Thank you guys in the chat. Really appreciate y'all hanging out with us. For those of you listening on the pod, hope you have an awesome day. Thank you for making us a part of your day as well. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world. Go Pack Go. The power sweep. Actually, it's the, it's the lead play in our, in our offense. Tell the tackle to take the defensive end if he's over him. If he's not, to drive down on the first man who is inside. Pull back, we tell him to take the first man outside the offensive tackle. No one shows. He goes right by this and feels inside. If the YN has the linebacker taken out, he cuts inside. If the YN has the linebacker in, he comes all the way around. If you look at this play, what we're trying to get is a seal here and a seal here and try to run this play in the alley.